All right, guys, welcome back to the Man Talk Show. Today, we're going to talk about porn, and we're going to review some of Pornhub's data. Now, this data has been out for a while, but every year, Pornhub will release their year in review. And I took some time to sift through it and come up with some interesting perspectives around this because this data was released in like December. You can go and find it, find the insights online. But I wanted to talk about this because I I recently put up on my Instagram stories, I put up a bunch of the charts and asked people what they thought. And it was interesting to see people's responses, you know, like porn is disgusting and, you know, porn's a waste of your life and all these types of things. And while I don't necessarily disagree with some of those perspectives, I want to make one thing clear before I get into the data, which is first, I don't care if you watch porn. I I really don't. I used to watch it. Um, I don't care about having a moral conversation about whether porn is morally good or morally bad. But I was one of the men who couldn't just watch porn occasionally, right? Just like there's some people who can't have a drink once in a while. I really, in my late teens and early 20s, was the guy that was watching it every single day. And it really was a problem. You know, like I would watch it for sometimes hours at a time. I would lose sleep. You know, I wouldn't go to work. Like it was, it was not great. You know, it really wasn't great. And I didn't feel great about myself when I was watching it and after I was watching it. Because as most of you probably know, when you're watching porn, it's a very easy dopamine hit, right? And so dopamine is like that, that feel good, you know, neurochemical of more. So when you get a dopamine hit of something, you want to do more of the thing that you're doing, right? It's kind of like when you go to the gym, the dopamine doesn't hit before you go to the gym, hence the lack of motivation to go to the gym most of the time. The dopamine hits after you go to the gym. And so, or while you're going to the gym, while you're working out. So this is the same with pornography. I got very sort of hooked on the dopamine release that came with watching porn. Like I said, I'm not anti-porn or pro-porn but I am pro you living a really good freaking life. And I'm pro you having an exceptional sex life. And I'm pro you having choice in your life. Because for a lot of men, what I've seen is that they don't feel like they have a lot of choice around pornography. And they don't feel like they have a lot of choice around sexual expression within their relationships or dating the type of women that they want. So that's what I'm pro. And I'm very anti the domestication of men and the domestication of the masculine presence and essence within our culture that I think porn can really play into. Now, if you're one of the guys that's like, oh, I only watch porn, you know, like once a month for like 10 minutes, it's probably not that big of a problem, right? It's not something that might become something one day, but it's probably not the thing that's like, you know, weighing you down in life when you go and take care of business and rub one out <laughs> within the span of like 10 minutes once a month or once every couple months. But for some guys, it really is an issue. And for many men, it's the hidden mistress in their relationship. Like, for example, last year alone, there was $4.8 billion spent on OnlyFans. That's insane. $4.8 billion was spent mostly by men, largely within North America, on OnlyFans. So this is like having a virtual girlfriend where you never get BJs, you never have sex, you don't go out on dates, you're just sent content, right? You just send videos and photos and you know maybe you get to chat once in a while. I think I think this is how it works. But there's this huge disconnect. So I wanted to talk about what's happening 
based on looking at the data. And I really want to get your perspectives. You know, if you're a young man that's out there that's, you know, watching porn or has quit porn, I would love to hear your perspective. Or, you know, even if you're in your 50s and 60s and you're watching this and you're like, this is something that I have dealt with. So let's dive in because I think that there's some interesting data to discuss. So first and foremost, the big one that I found fascinating, and I got a lot of questions about this when I posted the data on Instagram. In 2022, the most searched term for 2022 was hentai, H-E-N-T-A-I. Now, hentai, as I understand it, is Japanese animated sex. So it's essentially cartoons having sex, right? Whether that's, um, I mean, like, you know, I used to watch Dragon Ball Z. So I'm assuming that somewhere on the internet there's... (laughs) which is a crazy thing to think about. <laughs> but somewhere on the internet, uh, there's, you know, Dragon Ball Z pornography. So first was hentai. Second was Japanese. Third was MILF. Fourth was lesbian. Fifth was pine, which I actually have no idea what that is. And I didn't go look it up because I think I just wanted to leave it a mystery. So if, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to caution you about looking up any of these terms. Then was Asian, then stepmom, then anal, then big ass, you know, et cetera. So, okay, kind of baffling, hentai was rated at the top. Now, a lot of those searches obviously came, you would think, from Japan, but America is actually by far the largest consumer of Pornhub pornography. So if you look at the data, the United States of America is number one by a landslide, and then it's the UK, and then France, and then Japan in fourth place. So what you start to realize is that a lot of Americans are actually searching for hentai, which is interesting because, again, it's animated pornography. And when you break down the data to the most searches, the most searched terms for 2022 in the United States, hentai was number two, right? So this is one of the most interesting parts of the conversation around pornography, I think is that there's a large subset of people who are consuming sexual content that isn't even based in reality. It's actually just completely fantasy-based, right? To the point where it's not real people, it's not a real person, it's animated characters. And so one of the major questions that I got from people was like, why is that even happening? And the, the main thing that I can come up with is knowing my own experience with porn, knowing, you know, I've, I've now been doing the work that I've been doing for a decade. I've worked with thousands of dudes that have, you know, had varying degrees of relationships with pornography, right? Using it once in a while to using it every single day and having a very real addictive behavior pattern with it, a very real addiction to pornography, um, which I, I don't think it's talked about enough. I do think that there are more men out there that have varying degrees of addictions to pornography that just aren't getting talked about especially young men. I see a lot of men coming in, you know, you guys message me sometimes on Instagram or, you know, email me and say like, Hey, you know, how do I deal with this? And, you know, what do you recommend? And so one of the big questions is why is this happening? Well, the main piece that I've seen ties into isolation. So a couple of things are sort of diverging into one experience with this hentai. The main thing that I see is that when you have a rising population of young men, right, 66% of young men between 18 and 29 aren't in a relationship, 50% of those young men aren't looking for a relationship, 
And then 27%, it's like one third of men between that same age bracket of 18 to 29 haven't been sexually active in over a year. So if you extrapolate that data out, that is a lot of young men who are, you know, experiencing a tremendous amount of sexual arousal and sexual energy. Like I remember what it was like to be an 18 and 19 year old man. And I mean, my, the amount of sexual energy and ferocity and capacity that I had was insane. And so I think that there's a ton of young men that are out there and they're not in a relationship. They're not looking to date. A lot of these men haven't been sexually active. Maybe, you know, they went onto dating apps and, you know, dating apps are definitely not set in men's favor, especially the the sort of like bottom 50% of men. Uh, So maybe they went onto dating apps and sort of struck out, but then they found OnlyFans and they found Pornhub and they found pornography. And the interesting thing is that it cures a lot of what a lot, I think a lot of young men are experiencing and a lot of men in general are experiencing a sense of isolation, specifically from women specifically from any kind of sexual expression and exploration. And so I think a lot of these young men who are maybe went onto dating apps and have tried to go, you know, pick up women in, in public, and maybe you guys have experienced this, after striking out, you know, for a certain period of time, or you maybe you meet a couple women who are it's just like, this is not worth my time, have just sort of turned to, well, I feel maybe a little lonely. I feel like this isn't working or it's not worthwhile. And so it's just easier for me to go and pay to get my quote unquote needs met. It's just easier for me to have a kind of like a virtual girlfriend, you know, girl next door type of vibe. Cause that's what a lot of these uh, women on OnlyFans are, right? It's different. I think it's different between porn you know, porn is sort of a, the women in there are sort of like these very sensationalized, extreme versions of women. And then from a lot of the research that I could, you know, glean and, and some of the men that I've talked to who have used OnlyFans, I personally never have just legitimately, it wasn't around when I was watching porn. And so I don't know if I would say that I got lucky. Um, But from a lot of the men that I've talked to who have used OnlyFans, the vibe is that a lot of the women are kind of like the girls next door. You know, it's women that these men could project onto these women of like, I could see myself being with you in real life, or I'd really like to be with you in real life. And so it creates this kind of like, I think the term is girlfriend experience, where a lot of these men, whatever their age are, and guys, again, I want you to tell me if what I'm saying resonates with you. Does this feel true for you and what you've seen with your buddies and your friends and your et cetera. But I think for a lot of these guys, it's like, well, dating sucks and the dating pool isn't great and dating apps are terrible and I'm striking out. And so I'll just pay to have my fantasies met, my sexual desires met. And I'll just pay to have a kind of like girlfriend experience where I'm telling this woman what I want and what I want her to say to me and you know what I want to hear from her. And that'll sort of suffice in the interim. Now, I think that there's other factors at play, but I think this is the real big one, that we are, we've sort of created this social experiment en masse, specifically with young men. And I think that it is so, I think it's so damaging and so dangerous. And so for a lot of guys that are out there, you know, my personal take on this is cut porn out of your life, cut these things out of your life for a period of time and see what it's like. 
how much energy do you free up that goes into working out or a creative endeavor like art or woodworking or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or your business or your career or whatever it is. So I usually try and advocate for guys to like cut this out of your life for a period of time to see what happens, you know, to notice what it feels like. Because ultimately as men, what we really want in life is choice. We really want a deep sense of choice. And for a lot of guys, they feel specifically within dating, specifically when it comes to being in relationship with women, that we've entered into this space where there's not a lot of choice or there's no choice at all. It's like who I want to be with, you know, how I want dating to look. I just don't have any say in that whatsoever. Going to the dating apps, I'm getting rejected constantly. I approach women in person. Maybe they're just not who I would want to be with in the first place or they're rejecting me. And I don't feel like I have a choice. And so this is like the only choice that I'm left with is to go and watch porn or to pay an OnlyFans, you know, woman to explore with. So these are some of the things that I think are playing into it. As for the, the things like hentai, uh, I'll just give you some of the other data uh, because that, you know, again, that was sort of the most striking one is that I think for a lot of people, there's just this checking out of not reality, but specifically sexual reality and intimacy and a checking out into just pure fantasy. You know, it's like the ultimate version of being in your head and being in fantasy entirely. Some of the other things that were interesting is that, you know, they broke the U.S. down by state. And so you have, you know, places like Oregon, where the top search in Oregon was furry, right? So people acting out with, you know, being animal characters. And again, you know, the saying is like, don't yuck my yum, which is sort of like, you know, don't shame my sexual expression. But it's just interesting to see what some people are looking for, right? Texas was panties. California was Asian. Uh, you know, some, some different states were, was anime, uh, some of them I can't say on here. Stepmom's a big one. Massage, hentai, rub, you know, big booty, stuff like that. Uh, but it's interesting to see where different, what different states are looking for, right? Colorado was goth, which I thought was interesting. So it's just, it's fascinating to see how the different cultures of the different states, what different people are looking at based on, I would guess, what's being repressed, right? And then shocking in Utah, the top search was Mormon, right? So <laughs> some of the some of the the states sort of match up, um, and I would encourage you to go take a look at it because it's just interesting to see how the cultures of different states play into the sexual exploration uh, and an expression that they're looking to explore. Last thing I'm going to say in terms of data: the average time in the United States was nine minutes and forty one seconds just a little under the global average, which was nine minutes and 54 seconds, uh, which was not very long. That's, uh, you know, for, for the average in total. Female average worldwide was an extra six seconds. Not really much to say there. It sounds like people are, are watching porn for the, the sort of same amount of time. And then finally, the favorite times to watch porn. And this is the thing that I think is, is maybe a little detrimental. I'm going to insert my own perspective here. So the favorite time to watch porn was 11 o'clock at night and midnight. And and then uh, 10 and 1 PM were also in there. And then there was also a bump at like 4 PM 
uh, in the afternoon. So here's the thing that I, I would just say about that. For a lot of people, you know, when you're getting that dopamine dump right before bed, it's generally a sign that people, because it's not just a dopamine hit when you watch pornography, right? If you're a guy and you climax, you're also releasing a whole bunch of other neurochemicals, right? You're releasing oxytocin, which is a bonding neurochemical, and you're releasing prolactin. And prolactin within the male body serves a very different function within women, but prolactin really helps you to relax. And so when I see this data of most people watching it at 11 o'clock at night or, or midnight, you know, one o'clock in the morning, I think that there's so many individuals that, and I've talked about this before, that are using pornography not solely or, or simply because they're aroused, but they're watching it to feel relaxed. Because after you climax, you feel relaxed. And it's easier to feel not stressed, not anxious, not overwhelmed. You know, maybe the frustration of the day uh, fades away. Maybe the frustration of your job or your work or the situation in your relationship starts to fade away. And so I think that a lot of people are watching it this late at night because they're having problems going to sleep. They're having problems de-stressing. And this is very common, right? You see, I, I see a lot of people, you know, taking gummies and THC supplements of some form in order to go to sleep and have a good sleep. And so more and more and more, we are becoming overly domesticated in the sense that we need something in order to just wind down from the day. And we need some type of external substance or external experience to just help us feel better so that we're not so stressed, we're not so wound up, and we're not so maybe anxious or whatever it is that we're experiencing. And so my big thing is question when you're watching porn and why you're watching it, right? So really start to tune in. Like, am I watching this because I'm actually aroused? Or am I just wanting to watch porn because I feel anxious and I can't sleep? Or I feel agitated from the day or I'm, I'm bored, you know, or I just don't know what else to do or I'm lonely and I want something to watch to help me feel better. So all that said, let me know what your thoughts are. I'd love to hear hit me up on Instagram and DM me, let me know. And as always, man it forward, share this with somebody that you know will enjoy it. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We have almost 20,000 subscribers on YouTube now, which is amazing. And we've got almost 20,000 subscribers on Spotify, on the podcast. So please subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.